This is The Rush on News Talk 1010 Toronto. Hey, welcome back. Mark Tui in for Rush Air. It is uh, 4.05. That means it's time for Richard Krause and this. Order in the entertainment court. Let's get judgy. Court is now in session. Judge my goodness, that's a lot of hammering, Judge Kroos. Uh, I, I heard a rumor that you were uh, leaving this whole entertainment biz, turning your back on it, and you're going to be a bartender again at the Duke uh, starting tomorrow night. Well, for four hours tomorrow afternoon, I'm raising money. Uh, I do it every year for a charity called Abuse Hurts, and the Duke is located at 1225 uh, Queen Street East. It's a great bar. Uh, They do this every year. Last year, we raised thousands of dollars. Uh, And if you come down, have a couple of drinks and bring a toy or some gently used clothing, something like that, because we have uh, TTC streetcars parked in the parking lot behind us. And last year, we filled up one of the mega mammoth ones top to bottom front to back with toys that go to uh, kids who could really use a little bit of a boost over uh, Christmas time there's raffles Santa Claus will be there Olivia Chow is coming by to kick the whole thing off at 315 and I'll be slinging drinks from 2 until 6 outstanding that sounds like fun so I could come down uh, basically shed all of my garments donate those have a drink with you and then go to the Krampus ball later appropriately attired like this, this sounds like that sounds like the absolute perfect afternoon. There you go. Uh, we are here though to pass judgment. What's our first case? It's the end of the road for Kiss, but it's not the end of the Kiss brand. The Rock Quartet have hung up their face paint and comic book style characters by playing their final live shows last week at Madison Square Garden. The much hyped shows top a 50-year career of live shows, but ended with a kind of startling announcement. At the end of Saturday's final show, uh, the band announced that they will continue to rock and roll all night and party every day as digitized avatars, much like ABBA, whose digital show has been on the road for the last few years. The band say they are beginning a new era. The end of the road was just the beginning of another road, said Paul Stanley. We're not going anywhere. You'll see us in all different things all the time. We can be forever young and forever iconic by taking us to places that we've never dreamed before, said Gene Simmons. So my question to you is, will we be able to miss Kiss if they won't go away? Hmm. Most bands retire a half a dozen times before they shuffle off mm-hmm. this mortal coil. So maybe this is a way to put an end to that. And I say, good for them. Uh, we don't have to miss them. Just, they can just play on forever. Yeah, this might be the most on-brand decision KISS has ever made as the most corporate band of all time. It's maybe the least surprising decision in entertainment history. And if they want to do it, you know, all the power to them. When I was a 14-year-old KISS fan, I loved the cartoon aspect of the band. The wild makeup, the spitting of blood, the pyrotechnics, and the larger-than-life performances. They were unlike anything I had ever seen, and they were worth the cost of joining the KISS Army fan club. I'm not so so sure about the digital version. KISS were a blast because their live shows were unlike anybody else's, at least at the time they were. And the key word there is live. Now that that element is gone... 
uh, it is a different thing. Digital avatars are no replacement for the live concert experience. There's no spontaneity, no human touch. It's nothing more than a high-tech cover band. Watching the band cryogenically frozen as their younger selves doesn't encourage audience engagement. It's simply a parlor trick with loud music. I also wonder, in the age of superhero movies, if these avatars will seem all that special. When I can go to the movies and see Iron Man fly through space, will it be that big a deal to see, as Gene Simmons says technology that's going to met uh, allow Paul Stanley to jump higher than he's ever jumped before. And that is my word. Judge Krause, what is your second case? Taylor Swift has capped off a stellar 2023 by being named Time Magazine's Person of the Year. The star whose era's tour broke broke box office records and provoked an inquiry into Ticketmaster sales practices follows the likes of Barack Obama, Greta Thunberg, and Vladimir Zelensky. The award goes to an event or person deemed to have had the most influence on global events over the past year. With so much going on in the world, it seems like a lot of people are upset by the choice. So my question to you is, is it inappropriate to choose Taylor Swift as person of the year when the world is on fire? You know, at first I I didn't like this decision, but now I'm starting to think, I feel like Taylor Swift represents a shift back to the kind of monoculture that people have been describing as something that's mm. been uh, sort of falling uh, by the wayside for the last 10, 15 years. She's arguably the most famous person, or at least the most famous entertainer of the last 30 years. Uh, her impact, not just on entertainment, but on professional sports and, and touring and booking all of these things. It's incredible. So yeah, sure. I, I, I get it. I don't know what monoculture is, but I love Taylor <laughs> Swift. I listen to her music. It makes me move. More power to her. Time did good. Here's my verdict. As the dumpster fire that is the world situation burns brighter than ever, Time Magazine's editor-in-chief said on NBC's Today program, we picked a choice that represents joy, someone who's bringing light into the world. And I think that's legit. We are so conditioned to read the bad stuff, the terrible news our algorithms push to the top of our social media feeds that anything that doesn't get our blood boiling is seen as less important. But let's take a step back for a moment. Let's embrace Taylor Swift for a moment even if you don't know her music there is no question that she has been uh, the dominant uh, player in popular culture she disrupted the concert music and film industries this year by doing things her way she is as time notes both the writer and hero of her own story and has found a way to transcend borders and be a source of light and i think that plus her cultural impact is worth celebrating and that is my word That was very exciting. <laughs> Taylor came in with her guitar for a hit. I was, I was shocked because I, I had just turned on my microphone the minute that sound came up, and I thought, what did I do? Uh, Judge Krause, what is the final case? we got three minutes to the post. Okay, in the new uh, musical Wonka, Hugh Grant plays an Oompa Loompa, a performance captured by a mix of animation, motion capture, and multiple cameras on his face. Uh, his casting has been met with some controversy, and some of it has come from him. Uh, he says, it was like wearing a crown of thorns. Very uncomfortable. I made a big fuss about it. I couldn't have hated the whole thing more. Uh, he goes on to just say, listen, I didn't have a good time making that movie. And uh, this is all in interviews that were published in the press. So my uh, question to you is, do we appreciate Hugh Grant's honesty or is he just a grumpy Grant? 
I appreciate the honesty, but if I was a uh, producer looking to cast my next film, I don't know if I would uh, cast him because part of the actor's job, I think, is promoting the film afterwards. I love it. It's real. It's honest. You don't get that, you know, too much these days when it comes to stars promoting their movies. More of it, I say. I agree with you. Hugh Grant is a national treasure in a world where we claim to appreciate honesty and authenticity, but are inundated with misinformation and media trained celebrities and politicians who have mastered the craft of saying a lot and yet simultaneously saying nothing. Into that fray comes Hugh Grant, an actor with loose lips whose interviews are consistently entertaining and unexpected. He has mastered the art of the good interview, of keeping us off guard and most uh, of all, keeping us interested in what he has to say. Like Harrison Ford, another actor who isn't afraid to spill the tea, Grant is a breath of fresh air in a business filled to the brim with people who measure every word that comes out of their mouths. And that is my verdict. Well done. And we brought it in under time. That's exciting. Richard Krause, where Boom. can people find you uh, slinging drinks at the Duke? Uh, what at time the are Duke? you going to be there? 2 till 6 p.m. Uh, tomorrow. It is at 1225 um, Queen Street East. It's going to be really fun. There's karaoke. There's going to be Santa Clauses. And uh, I think a really good turnout. So come down and visit. And all the money that I make uh, is being donated right back into the charity. I hope to uh, ask you for the most obnoxious drink possible that takes you forever. So I get the best value for money. Right on. That would be a Poos Cafe. And if you do that, we'll have to have a conversation. <laughs> Richard yeah. Krauss, uh, thanks so much for uh, Entertainment Court with Richard Krauss. Always a pleasure. We're going to take a short break here on uh, The Rush. We'll be back uh, in just a few moments. We're going to talk with Matt Cause to find out Shohei or no Shohei, Otani or no, I mean, right? What do we all no, Tony. No, no Tony. Oh, Tony or no Tony. Thank you very much. My mind just failed me. I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't get there. Meanwhile, we're trying to track down our senior air traffic correspondent to get an update on where this airplane is and whether or not he's on it. Maybe we can tell from the uh, spectral analysis, the radio frequency, somehow whether or not he is on board. We'll get on that. 